Welcome to the Stewardship Leader Podcast, brought to you by the Christian Stewardship Network. CSN exists to encourage, teach, and connect church and stewardship leaders to help them create and lead healthy stewardship ministries in their church. You can learn more about CSN at christianstewardshipnetwork.com. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to Stewardship Leader. I'm your host, Leo Sabo. And today I have the pleasure of having on the podcast with us, Donna Nicholson-Steef. Uh, she is from LCBC Church. Hi, Donna. Hey, Leo. Thank you so much for having me today. Yeah, it's a real pleasure. So you are the Stewardship Director at LCBC Church, a multi-site church in Pennsylvania. How many, yes. uh, how many church uh, campuses do you guys have now? Uh, we have 19 locations now. Wow. Yeah. And, and I remember just a few years ago, you're like at 14. So you guys are growing. Right. So, so yes. awesome. Well, well, I wanted to thank you for being part of this today. You wrote a article recently and you sent it to me to read over, which was a real privilege because it brought a topic that I have thought about quite often. And I was inspired years ago by Larry Biquette to kind of embrace this vision of what is what does it look like? as you look forward to the future. If you're a good steward during your life, what does that look like as you get into those retirement years? And he did touch on this that I want to uh, kind of dig into because you you did this research and wrote this article and made a, several points I want us to talk about. So first of all, let me, let me just start with, why did you research this? Why did you write this topic on this topic? What motivated you to pursue it? Yes, so um, the topic of retirement and stewardship, you know, it really wasn't on my mind. I, I don't have a ton of people asking me about that, mm -hmm. um, but the topic did come up. So uh, one of our teaching pastors at LCBC had stopped by my office and and said, you know, he he was he was getting this question and wanted to know my thoughts on it about tithing and giving and, and retirement. What do we do when we're not necessarily drawing the income that we that we had been. Um, and so I thought, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to dig into this a little bit. And you and I talked about it a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, I called you. Um, I also spoke to my good friend, Julie Bullock from Generis. Yeah. Um, she is just, um, she's like a walking encyclopedia of stewardship. Yeah. Um, so she, she really had a great conversation and, um, and, and then I, I, I dug into uh, Money, Possessions, and Eternity by Randy Alcorn, mm. um, went online, looked, and one, one, of the, one of the themes that came up online was the word repurposement. Mm. It, was, um, it was generically used. It wasn't a coined phrase by any particular person. It's kind of out there. And I thought, I really like that word repurposement. Um, versus retirement, which we can talk about a little little bit later. Um, but ultimately, I went to the Bible. Like, what does the Bible say? Um, I don't remember hearing anything about, you know, did Abraham like go retire into his tent? And, you know, I just missed that part. So uh, I went to the Bible. And, and as you would suspect, there really wasn't much at all. There's um, a very small retirement is very loosely mentioned. Some passages don't even call it retirement. They call it withdrawal. And it was an instruction to the Levites um, for men over the age of 50. But even then they weren't retiring, retiring. They, they still had another purpose. And so 
at the end of the day, there wasn't a ton in, in the Bible about retirement in particular, but the Bible does say quite a bit about um, excessive saving and, and things of that nature. So right. as I dug into it, I just decided I need to, to break this into three sections and um, which I did, which you, you know, you and I talked about my mind kind of goes to, I want to know two things when there's a question, I want to know what is just the black and white answer. Like what's just the, the, you know, the hard, fast rule. And then, and I just want to know that just so I can catalog that in my own mind. Um, Cause it's not usually the hard, fast rule or, or the black and white answer is usually not what my response is to somebody when they're asking me, I just need that as a foundation. Yeah. Um, what I really want to know is how should our heart approach the topic? Where's our heart in it? Um, and that's a much bigger answer. And so, um, and so I collected my thoughts and just broke it down into these three sections and sent it off to you. And you and I talked about it. And so here we are. Yeah. So you made some points in that, that I loved. Uh, you actually made your points in the article at the top and said, this is what, uh, this is the point I'm going to make in this. And then you outline them. So I want to touch on some of those because I think it gives us a structure for discussing this. So we're not kind of all over the place because I think you did a very good job of not only making these points, but coming to a final solution, I think, and, and I like to get there. So first, you made the statement that retirement is a modern day privilege. Let's start there. What do you mean by that? Right. So um, when I was, I started to get into a little bit of the history of retirement, um, one of the Roman emperors at one point had wanted to pay a pension to military. I don't know if that ever really took took off in that century, but um, later you find um, in the eight, 1800s, I think it was the late 1800s, the German chancellor Otto von Bismarck had really, he's who you'll find more so when you're, when you're researching retirement. Um, and he more so developed a, a process. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as we know, um, in America, in the early 1900s, um, uh, I think it was 1935, the Social Security Act um, was established where you are now paying into your own retirement. And now retirement is a thing. It's it's like secondhand. We don't even think about it. It's like, of course, we're going to save for retirement. Of course, we'll retire one day. And, and you don't even realize like, hey, this is really, people really didn't retire. Um, they didn't retire in biblical times. They didn't even retire, you know, even in the 1500s, 1600s, 1700s. There's really nothing to show that retirement was an actual thing. And so, but now it is, and it's here to, here to stay, I imagine. Um, and when I, when I was thinking about like, okay, it's not really in the Bible, there's other things that speak around it, but um, it's not really in the Bible. And so is that good? Is that bad? And um, I, I was talking to um, the director of finance um, at LCBC, Dwight, and uh, we were just talking about it. It's like, you know, honeymoons aren't in the Bible and birthday celebrations aren't in the Bible and all kinds of things aren't in the Bible, but those are good things. Um, And so I I wanted to make sure that I wasn't looking through a tainted lens toward retirement 
um, simply because it's not found in the Bible or, or during biblical times. What I did find, though, is that God has purposed us to work. Mm-hmm. He gave Adam a job, and that job uh, was given to Adam before the fall of man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wasn't really, that was something I'm sure I knew, but just it landed on me differently now that I'm researching this. And I thought, you know, this wasn't um, necessarily a punishment at, after the fall of man. It was a good thing prior to the fall of man. And so we're designed to be productive. We're designed to to care for others and to care for ourselves and to be self-sufficient to a degree. Of course, we rely on God, but from a human standpoint, we're to earn a living and work. And those are good things. So so that's that's where I landed with the history of retirement, looking at it through the lens. Hey, this is a privilege. It's a modern day privilege. And that that can be a good thing. Yeah, you know, that's that's so good because again, as I have thought about this topic and even spoken about it in the past, the thing that's always occurred to me is, and, and I, you know, I, I say this quite a bit, whether I do it through the writings that we do here at CSN or through opportunities I have to teach, and, and the fact that we are so, so blessed today. We are probably the first generation really to have the opportunity. I mean, there's people who can work for like 10 years invest wisely and get to a place where literally they never have to work a day in their lives. They can, you know, as long as they cap their lifestyle and and can say, that's all I need. And it keeps coming in every month. And that's, that's never happened before. I mean, sure. There's always been wealthy people, but it's always been a very, very few when you look at the overall population. And today that number is growing. Uh, You know, poverty is almost completely eliminated for the most part. Yeah. There's some areas that, that of the world that's still, you know, but basic needs are there. And when you think about retirement, and I think the reason it's never been a thing is because people had to work to make a living. Uh, they couldn't go down to Walmart and pick up groceries and their stock for a week or a month or whatever. Whereas today we spend so little time doing the things that they would spend most of their time on, which is just surviving putting food on the table, taking care of the things around the house, farming the land. It was just exhaustive. That's all they did. And that never ended because there was never the ability to just save up to the point where you didn't have to work anymore. You know, you didn't have the things we have today. You didn't have the stores that you used to go to, the fast food restaurants. That's pretty incredible if you think about it, because I think that's what's allowed us to have this ability to say, you know, if I don't want to work or if I've invested and have money aside, to take care of the rest of my life. I don't have to. And that's the first time that's ever happened. If you think about even 150 years ago, if somebody chose to do that, you know, they would have to find somebody to provide food for them every day, (laughs) you know, and uh, restaurants, those kind of things were just not popular all over the place, unless you lived in a a town where, you know, there was a place where they made food, whatever, but still it, it was, it's a privilege. It's an incredible privilege. And because of that, it has somewhat changed the way we think about not just life, but also our purpose and where the financial part comes in. And I think one of the things that you and I talked about as you were processing through this and writing this was the idea of giving. Like, what does giving look like, especially to us believers who believe that giving is part of our life? 
And so is there a retirement when it comes to giving? So let's touch on that because you made a point that tithing giving uh, looks a little bit different in retirement or does it? Um, and then you also made a statement that tithing and giving isn't synonymous. So tell me about that. Right. So um, so the question that was originally posed to me that kind of launched this entire thing is, what should I do about tithing now that I'm in retirement? And so right there, we have to separate giving versus tithing because they are absolutely not synonymous really in any way, shape or form. We don't give the tithe. We bring it. It belongs to God. It's his part. It's set apart. And so while God owns everything that we have, he is specific about the tithe. And so that, that, that is set apart as belonging to him. And the tithe is directly correlated to your increase or as we call it today, your income. And so in retirement, you could still have increase. Now, when I was writing this, a real legalistic element was starting to come into play that I didn't like. You know, I, I don't know if it's, if it's wise to get out your calculator and try to figure out every single dime um, you know, you paid into your, your retirement and your employer paid into your retirement and how much of that was already tithed, how much wasn't, you could really get down to the penny. And, and, and some people may be bent that way. They love that. They love the spreadsheets. They want to figure it out. And that's fine. That's yeah. okay. If you're figuring that out for the right reason, like how much to the penny is my tithe, um, that can be a legitimate question. You really just want to know. That could you also, want to do it. You want to do it. That could also be how much do I need to give to God for me to check the box that I'm still doing yeah. the right thing? And that's that's not yeah. the right lens. That's not the right lens. And so when you think about the tithe uh, during retirement, is there increase? If so, tithe on your increase. Mm -hmm. But giving is an entirely different bucket. And that's where we say, Hey, guess what? God doesn't just own all things. He owns the retirement uh, savings account that you already tithed on. Like in other words, there's nothing that's hands off. There's no account that's hands off. Oh, I already tithed that. So the rest of this, the 90, 90% of this is all mine. No, it was never all yours. Right. It's always all God's. And, and so when we look at giving, the question is, are you really living open-handedly? Are you really looking at this as God, you have, I'm grateful to you. You have blessed me with everything I have, whether it's a lot or a little, it came from you. Mm -hmm. I just want to live open-handedly. And if you have called me to give above and beyond whatever I think I should be giving, I want to say yes to you. And so it's really the posture of your heart in retirement. Yeah, that's that's great. It's so important that people understand that giving is a privilege that God gives to us to shape us into the image of his son, right? I mean, Jesus is the perfect example of generosity. He gave everything. 
while he lived and as he died. And I think sometimes people who don't really understand this or who, like you said, want to do the math so they can check off the box. And basically, I know this sounds, I don't know that people think about it this way, but I've thought about it recently this way, which is if we do something for God, because he tells us to do it, but it's because we want to stand before him and say, see, I've done it. It's to justify ourselves right. and in some way stand under our own righteousness that we did this thing. We, you know, the Israelites, the whole nation and the whole world up until Jesus was not able to follow the law, but I did. <laughs> right. So it's it that way. Yeah. And, and so, so that's one side of it is that we kind of want to check off the box and unfortunately, sometimes that's for the wrong reason. And it's not always very apparent or, or easily perceived that that's what we're doing. So it, ch- it takes a challenge. But you said something that I think stirred me to, to really to bring this up, which is that when it became more of a legal thing, it just doesn't feel right. And I think we all intrinsically know in our hearts when we're doing it that way or it becomes more of a, a check off the box. But I'm really focused on me and what I can keep and what I can spend but yeah, I got to check off this box and you become less generous or maybe even slightly greedy and your heart just starts to like feel wrong and it feels wrong to withhold when God is really speaking to you to give. And I love the phrase you use to be open-handed toward God because really God is in his generosity gives us everything. And as we talked about earlier, we are in a season of, of history where we have more than anybody's ever had. We have luxuries that literally they are luxuries that people in the, in the past never had. And yet for us to, to not respond in a way of general, to be generous toward God because of this and not be thankful and content. Yeah, that should bother us. As we think about this next season of life, generosity needs to be part of that because it's what, it's what brings a certain level of joy and fulfillment to our lives that we cannot get any other way. And that's that's what I'm trying to communicate is that if we are able to still keep this attitude of generosity, God will still give us opportunities to do it. But I do think there is a financial component because finances are always a tug at our heart, right? And, right. and that needs to constantly be challenged. All right. So in the next point that you made was, uh, in fact, you, you made a statement that I want to read in your article. You said that retiring from our occupation is one thing, but we never retire from our mission which is to introduce others to Jesus and live a life that is open-handed toward God. So that's very well stated. And that leads to the next thing that I wanted us to talk about. You introduced this idea of the repurposement versus retirement. So let's dig into that. What do you think that should look like? I know it's probably different for everybody, but just from your perspective, what do you think that looks like? Yeah. So I really love the word repurposement uh, versus retirement. Um, because I think that some folks might think that retirement is retiring from everything, mm-hmm. not just the occupation that you held. But really, we want to look at retirement as a beginning, not an ending. It's really just the beginning of a brand new phase, what could often be an exciting phase of your life, where you can actually Um, focus more on what your purpose is versus your retirement. Mm -hmm. So if you have breath in your lungs, God has a purpose for you. And and the Bible also um, talks about the, the older men and women in the church 
teaching and mentoring the younger. I mean, there's all kinds of things that passions that we may have um, toward missions and, and other things like that. And to just be ready for God, God, God's not retiring. He's not retiring from, uh, from you. And so we want to look at retirement as an exciting part of our life. And we, and we can still do fun things in retirement. You can still you know, go enjoy your grandchildren and go on vacation. And none of those things are bad. We just want to also realize that God is still using us he still wants to use you. We need people that have been through life. They've been through the mistakes and the hardships and they've gained wisdom and we all have something to offer at each stage of our life. So finding your purpose in your retirement or uh, what I like to say is um, uh, repurposement. <laughs> That's great. This episode of the Stewardship Leader Podcast is sponsored by Financial Planning Ministry. FPM exists to fund ministry by educating families and facilitating generosity in planned giving. We serve over 135 ministry partners and their community of members who are all part of God's kingdom. Organizations include Christian churches, universities, evangelistic associations, funding and lending institutions, missionary organizations, retirement homes, and youth camps. Through the promotion of Christ-centered stewardship and responsible estate planning, millions of dollars have been saved from probate and over $1.8 billion have been directed to Christian charities through planned giving. To learn more about financial planning ministry, visit us at fpm.org. I have a friend, uh, a good friend of mine, and we've been friends for many years. He was actually one of my volunteers when I was on staff as a stewardship pastor. And I was there as he was retiring, right, as he was transitioning into retirement. And honestly, he wasn't prepared for it because he was only in his late 50s. I think he was 58 when he retired. And what's interesting is that we were already meeting on a weekly basis. And so we've been doing it for, gosh, well over 10 years now, which is interesting enough. But him and I would get together and he would talk about the season that he's entering in. And what I recognize, he was a guy who was a president of a company for many years. The company was a, a, a product-based uh, uh, organization, but that transitioned from, because it was video and video content. And it went from VHS to CDs and then eventually DVDs. And then it went online. Well, as soon as it went online, their sales force, everything else, just they had to let go of everybody. And over time, over about two, three year period, he transitioned the whole organization to an online website. And that's all it is today. And they have one employee and it's mm. not him. He just stepped out and trained somebody to take over. And he saw this coming. He saw the this transition that he was working himself out of a job that he, that would, he would not be needed. But he recognized that that's what needed to happen. You know, it wasn't his company, but... He needed to do the right thing for the company. And, and he did it and he stepped out. And, but then he's like, now what? You know, because he's only 58. You know, now he worked hard for many, many years. So sometimes you can say, well, yeah, but you were working, you know, 12 hour days for who knows how many years. So if you add it up, you probably put in 40 years already. <laughs> so maybe it is time to retire, at least from the full time, you know, 12, 14 hours a day, seven days a week kind of thing, which sometimes in these businesses do happen. What's interesting is to watch him over the last seven or eight years, actually, it's been about nine years since he's retired, 
and just to see his desire to continue to contribute in some way. So he tried different things. He was a CPA originally. Uh, so he went and started doing some work with the CPA. The guy wanted to sell the business to him. He's like, I don't, I don't want a business. I just, you know, I just want to stay busy. And finally, he's found a, a ministry in Mexico to to connect with. And he just came back from that uh, literally the last week. Uh, he was there for two weeks and he came back this week. So we met on Wednesday and he was telling me about just the great, great things that he had a chance to do. And they're not like world changing things. But they are to that organization and to the person that's leading that organization. And I thought, how cool of God to prepare the way for this guy to have his finances in order, to have the time available and the desire within him, because he's a very committed follower of Christ. And now he has the ability to just spend time with this ministry leader that's handling, you know, a a children's home orphanage uh, there with, you know, dozens of kids. And to be able to to give this person the things that no one else probably could because he doesn't have a relationship like that. Yeah, they they're connected with the church and the church can come and do projects and fix and repair and build things. But that's not all that ministry needs. And how cool of God to put this guy in this relationship where not only is the ministry benefiting, but he's personally benefiting because he has purpose, right? Yes. So that's really what what when you were talking about this, that's what stirred for me is that God has repurposed him because he's open to not, you know, going sitting on a beach or playing golf every day. Uh, but, you know, and yes, he's, he does have a lot more leisure time. Uh, he's not taking on more than he can handle. He doesn't have to, he's doing it at the, at the pace where it's, it's full of joint for him to do it. Uh, it's purposeful. Uh, it gives him the time with his spouse, which he needs to give now because when he was working and she was raising kids, it wasn't the same. So all of that just, just emphasizes how important it is for us today, right? If we're not at that age yet, and neither one of us are, that we are intentional about how we live today so that when that time comes, we both have the, the right mindset, but also the resources to be able to step into that. We're not stressed out. We're not fearful. And if God says, hey, I want you to go do this, I want you to invest here, then it's such a privilege for us to be able to do it. Let me kind of close out with with one other thing that you said that I think it's so important, which is this whole idea that God has a unique plan for every individual. And just as this gentleman I, I just shared about, all of us do have not only the life that we live and the experiences and everything else that you mentioned, but God has equipped us, and not just for one season, but for every season. So let's let's kind of close up with that. What does that look like? What do you believe? People should be considering looking at how they look at it all, whether in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s. What should they be looking at and thinking through as they approach that season? And how do we do that? Right. And what I love about God's word is that um, when it comes to us as unique individuals, there's not a step one, step two, step three in God's word, it really is tailored and unique to you. And that just lends to the relationship that we have with Jesus. He's a personal God. And um, I, the way that I think through that lens of, of um, what is my purpose now? What is my, um, what are you preparing me for? I think prayer should just never be underestimated. We have direct access to the God of the universe. 
the God that has uh, seen every pandemic, the God that has seen every war, the God that has created every star and planet, the God who has been through every empire and has seen the rise and fall of, of, of mankind. That is the God that we get to talk to. We're never put on hold. <laughs> uh, he's, he's, we have direct access to that. He's the wisest financial counselor. Um, he's just, he's everything. And we don't have to wait in line to talk to him. When we, we will miss what God has for us if we're not looking. And we will miss and not hear the Holy Spirit if we aren't intentionally trying to hear him. And so when you look at your life and you look through everything that God has allowed into your life, the good, the bad, everything, um, what wisdom have you gained? What are you passionate about? Um, what really lights a fire under you? Is it the mission field? Is it uh, children, um, you know, learning the Bible? You know, what is it? And then prayerfully, you know, just quite frankly, very, it's not complicated. God, what do you want for what should I be pouring myself into? Where do you want to use me? I'm here. I'm open-handed and my heart is willing. And I believe that God will give you that answer. That's great. Uh, I love that. Uh, it, and it also reminds me that sometimes as Christians, we think the way we serve God is through the church that, you know, we lead a life group or we yeah. serve in a certain ministry. Maybe we're a greeter on the weekends. And those are all wonderful, necessary things. But I also want to challenge our listeners to think beyond that. I think God has the purpose of actually putting people in the marketplace. So if your skill and experience and you know everything that you gain in life and what you have to give is a very practical benefit to businesses or, or uh, people that are in the marketplace, then by all means, go out there because there are certain people that will never be ministered to by the church because either because they've been heard by the church or they're just not, they were not raised in the church. So to them, it's not something they feel they need. And Jesus didn't just go to the synagogue. Right. He went among the people. He went and hang out with people. And that's how he was able to spread the message. So uh, God is very diverse. We know that, right? He's multifaceted and, and the way he creates each one of us so uniquely and equips us so uniquely is this so that we are equipped to go to those places. So I want to challenge our listeners that if your church doesn't have the ability for you to serve in the area of your passion or gifting, that's okay. A church cannot provide that for every individual in the church, and they're not supposed to. Not everything needs to be run through the church, but every believer that has Christ in them can go in the marketplace with the blessing of the church if the church needs to somehow be involved, by all means, share it with the staff, share and share that vision, because the church might come behind it and say, that's something we want to be involved in. But if they don't, that's okay. Don't be offended by that. Just go out there and figure out. And like you said, ask God. You have direct access to him. Yes. <laughs> ask him what he would have you to do. And you'll be surprised how rich and how generous your life is going to be. And I think the, you know, in a selfish way, because we're all, you know, we're all seeking to be happy and fulfilled, right? It's just a human desire to be happy and fulfilled. And and Jesus said, died that we would have life and have it more abundantly. So it's it lines up with God's will as well. But I think sometimes we think, especially in our culture today, we think retirement 
right? The way we think about retirement, the wrong way we think about it, retirement is that we think, okay, I'm going to work hard. I'm going to retire. I'm going to get a vacation home in Florida or something like that with a view of the ocean. And then I'm just going to relax. Well, listen, 90 days after you make that decision and you pull the trigger on that, you're going to be bored out of your mind and you're going to feel unfulfilled. It doesn't matter if you have a sunset and a sunrise every time you get up. What matters is what are you giving? Because if you don't have that, if you don't have a generous life, and that doesn't mean that you give everything away. It means that you're available. Yeah. And that's going to bring you the most joy and fulfillment that you'll ever experience. So true. That's why celebrities are miserable sometimes. You know, they they have it all. Yeah. And and so, and it's okay if if God has allowed you to to have uh abundance. Um, but what are you using it for? I love how you said get out into your community. Mm-hmm. I serve on a board. Um called Bible to school. And we bring the gospel to public school children. Most people don't even realize that that can be done legally. Um, I I can see myself serving in that capacity far beyond my, you know, retirement year. So serve on a board, help a a Christian organization get started. And there's so much that you can do out in your community and be, like you said, Jesus was out in his community. He wasn't like hunkered down in the temple all day long. He, he was out there. And, um, and that I believe, truly believe that that is what God wants us to do. He does not want us, you know, just using our skill set in within the church, but we are the church. We, the people are the church. Right. Right. It was Larry Burkett that literally over 20 years ago, I heard him say this and it just totally just sunk in. But he said, he shared this vision. He said, what would it look like if a community of 20,000 people had 2000, 10% of the population there? was made up of retired Christian men and women who understood retirement from God's perspective, that it was a repurposement of their gifts, their talents, their abilities. And if they financially, if they were good stewards and positioned themselves to retire either early or let's say 65, and then they had another 20 plus years to live. And those 2000 people of the 20,000 member community were available to do everything that was necessary, but didn't need an income, didn't need the accolation. They didn't need to climb on the ladder. They were just there to serve and they were there to do good for the community. What would that community look like if you had 10% of people available to do whatever was necessary and they came with all those gifts, all those abilities, Um, they could serve on the councils. They can, I mean, just endless opportunities, right? I guarantee you that community would be incredibly unique and, and healthy. Because those people wouldn't, it wouldn't just be them serving. They would inspire everyone else to do that. And I just love that vision because I believe it lines up with God's desire and vision for the world, which is be a good steward. I'll bless you. He did that with the Israelites. He blessed them so that they would be a blessing, right? And so we were blessed because of him coming to the Israelites and then dying. And we as Gentiles have benefited by that blessing And in the same way, I mean, our life is really designed to follow that pattern of taking what God's given us and giving it out. And and we're like that vessel. The more it's poured into us, the more we can pour into others. Uh, It's a a tremendous privilege. And I think it's what the world is seeking. But unfortunately, many don't find it because they take a wrong view of retirement. Right, right. We don't want to... uh eat, drink, and be merry and just kick back and, uh, (laughs) and not, not allow God to, to use us. Um, that would be foolish. There's so much we can. Yeah. And, and I, and I, I say it this way, as long as you're sucking in air 
you've got a purpose. <laughs> so you better get to it. Well, Donna, I appreciate so much you being on this and, and just for taking on this project, let me call it that, because uh, I love that you were inspired by a question. If someone asked you a question, you're like, hmm, I think I know the answer to this, but let me this, I'm digging because I want to make sure I answer this correctly. And, and I think it's so, so important for us to do that. So I thank you for taking the time to dig into this and just to share that with our audience, because I think it is something that, especially as, as stewardship leaders, which many of our listeners are, it's so important that we have a holistic approach to when we teach on this topic, that it's not just pieces of it, that it's the whole thing, right? We are stewards of everything. And, and this is certainly an important one, especially as our society continues to look at leisure as a kind of a pastime, you know, it's something that everybody's entitled to. Um, and I think it's a good thing. Rest is of God, uh, but over rest is, you know, it just has all kinds of negative uh, consequences. Right. So, so thank you for being faithful to, to dig through this and just to bring this to light and just to have this conversation. It's been a real joy. Well, thank you, Leo. I appreciate um, being on this podcast with you and it was a great discussion, great topic, and I appreciate it. Great. Well, I want to thank you if you've been listening to this podcast. I want to thank you for being part of this. And I hope this discussion has helped you to repurpose your uh, your view of retirement and, and hopefully equip you to be able to answer this question if someone ever comes to you, whether it's on the area of giving in retirement or just what do you do in retirement? What does that look like? What is your purpose? And how do we guide people, especially your spiritual leaders, uh, if we've been entrusted with that to equip and to disciple people in this area? We should go to work God's word. That's what Donna did. She went to God's word, found out what it said or didn't say, and then uh, was able to really uh, formulate uh, a, a well thought out process of being able to really meet this need so that as we're equipping people in this area, uh, they can pursue that vision of, I, I want to have purpose no matter what season of life I'm in. So thank you for being part of this podcast and listening to this. If you enjoyed it, please share it uh, with someone, another church leader or stewardship leader. And if you want to know more about CSN, you can reach us through our website, or you can email us at info at christianstewardshipnetwork.com. Uh, we do have a lot of content, a lot of episodes like this, and other content that you can benefit from on our website and other resources. So let us help you. Uh, if you want to build a stewardship ministry, we can help you to do that. And we think you should have one in your church. So please let us know if that's something that you need assistance with. We appreciate you, and uh, we will see you next time on Stewardship Leader. Stewardship Leader.